Fueled by the Outdoors, your source for hunting, fishing, archery, and all things outdoors. Brought to you by the Elite Outdoors. And three, two, one. Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. We're your hosts, Rick Cates and Chris Leppert. What up? And we're gathered. We're gathered here today. Holy <laughs> like shit! A, that's like a wedding. <laughs> we have an extra person on the podcast today, so it's like it, it, this is a big. big you and Josh are getting married. <laughs> um. Uh. This is episode twenty-eight, and it's the nuptials of Josh Luck. No. Um, <laughs> Josh Luck is uh on the podcast today. He's uh, was a guest previously. Uh. What was it? When we did the film, when we did the film production stuff, probably yeah. uh, a few months back. Yeah, uh, I think it was a couple months back. Uh, myself and Eric Grippa were. On. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's been a little bit since we've had you on, and it's actually been a little bit since we've had um, a guest on. Uh, I think it's either just been me or me and Chris, and I think the last guest we had on was, I believe, Matt Amrine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we are. Uh, you know, we are here to talk about the same thing we've been talking about for probably the past eh, three months, which is deer and big bucks and deer moving and a lot of what's been going on in the woods today. Chris uh, can, can tell you what was not going on in the woods around him and in other <laughs> woods. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. Um. And, you know, we'll, we'll kind of, we'll go through the, the upcoming week. I've got deer camp uh, starting tomorrow evening and hopefully, hopefully, hopefully I can uh, put one on the ground because I've been itching, itching to put one down. So, yeah, you got some um, pictures of some nice ones. Uh, yeah, man, nice I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I, I just, I, I'd love for just one of those deer to walk, just walk in front of me. Um, they're you know, I haven't seen any more trail cam picks. I'll see more when I get up there tomorrow evening. But um, I know that there's at least three really good deer in there that I'd be happy to uh, take down any of them uh, any day of the week. So as long as it's within season and not with a, uh, you know, illegally or anything. But <laughs> not not so sure about some of the people up around that area. But you know, I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess we probably want to start with it's november 11th it's veterans yeah. day so happy veterans day Thank yeah you happy guys. veterans day to all uh, all our men and women who've served out there we really appreciate it and thank you for your sacrifice i meant to say it last uh last week when we uh, when we recorded to have it on for this week but you know better late than never i guess so um the things we are going to discuss today, guys, mainly surround Josh. You've got a couple really good deer on the ground already this year. I mean, what what'd you get? Like two deer in three days? Yeah, yeah. I got a, a my Ohio buck on October thirtieth, and then I shot a buck in Texas on uh, Monday, November second. Nice, nice. And you and you just recently got back from that trip, right? Yeah, I got back on the, the evening of the seventh is when I got back. Okay, good deal, good deal. Well, um, 
I guess when we this is really the first hunt breakdown I think that we've done other than me and Chris bitching about our hunts that didn't go well. <laughs> this is like the first successful one. Hey, I had. accidentally killed a pronghorn one time. I mean, <laughs> that's right. That's right. You did. You did kill a pronghorn. Um, but uh, with 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 us being Midwestern folk, uh, that, that those those are foreign species to us. They they're not uh, not our typical backyard animal. So. Um, I, I guess, you know, Josh, you've, uh, been showing us pictures of some deer that you've had on a property, um, that you hunt pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we, we had talked about this preseason that you were going out there and doing a whole bunch of stuff. So, um, I'll, I'll kind of let you have the floor, like, I guess from, you know, start to finish, you know, kind of walk us through how your season's been and how it culminated in success. Like what were some of the things you did and that led up to, you know, ultimately shooting the nice deer in Ohio and then we'll hit Texas kind of on the backside of it. Yeah. Um, so I guess just kind of a breakdown of how my season has been going, uh, opening weekend of Ohio, I actually met up with Luke Lacey, who, by the way, killed a nice buck this evening. Woo-hoo! I'm sure we will yeah. hear from him maybe next week. Let's hope so. It's um, a yes. nice, nice deer. Yes, it is. Doesn't Super this feel good? Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. I, like, I just got a little tingle inside. <laughs> I was like, oh, people are killing deer left and right. Can I go? <laughs> Please. Can I be part of that club? I want to be in the club, damn it. <laughs> so, anyway... So Luke and I hit some public up in Northeast Ohio that opening weekend. Uh, it wasn't the best weather, but we, we had a few good sits. Saw some does, saw uh, a decent little uh, basket rack eight, nothing. Our, our main goal was we were on a doe mission, but none came in range. Uh, and then after that, really just been waiting to get in my uh, private land spots when the weather's been right. I know I sat one farm two or three times. Uh, mm-hmm. I never sat in the same stand twice. I uh, just saw some does. And then I've really been holding off on my main property, uh, which is the property that I had mentioned last time I was on the podcast. Yeah. It's uh, my, my father's property. Um, the, the same property I killed my buck off last year. I've been kind of holding off and not going in there um, until late October was, was my plan. And my father was doing the same thing. He hadn't sat there all year. Um, so my rutcation started on October 29th and I had the 29th, 30th and the morning of the 31st to hunt in Ohio. And then I left for my Texas trip the evening of the 31st. Now I know most people are thinking, why the hell are you leaving Ohio when it's prime time rut? Uh, but that, yeah, that's just, yeah, that, that, that would be a question <laughs> that would run through my head. <laughs> yes. Chris, Chris asked me the same question. Uh, but that, that's just when I was going with a group of guys and that was kind of the week that worked out for everyone. So, so my goal was to try and fill my Ohio tag before I left. Uh, the 29th, it was, the weather was not good at all. I think that day it, it rained all day, essentially. Yeah, it was gross. Yeah, it was a gross day. So I kind of decided to use that day to hang a stand um, on the, on the property on the far east side of this private property that I was hunting, um, it's real thick on on that edge of the property. And then there, there's 
a trail that runs along the east edge of the property and mm-hmm. it always has scrapes and rubs and everything along it. And then uh, last year I hung, I used a climber over there. There's not too many trees to use a climber. Um, this year I actually used my mobile setup, my lone wolf and put it over there. Uh, but last year I sat there a couple of times and I passed on uh, a buck, a decent three-year-old. Chris, I actually think I showed you that picture of that deer last year that I passed there at like 18 yards. Okay. Um, that, that's the, the spot where I ended up hanging the stand. But okay. I, I used that Thursday. Um, I used the rain and the wind to my advantage. It was pretty windy that day too. So I figured I'd sneak in there, hang my lone wolf, use the rain to my advantage to help try and eliminate as much scent as possible mm-hmm. and use the wind to my advantage to you know cover up most of the noise I was making. Uh, so that's what I did. I got to my father's property, snuck over there, checked a couple scrapes. Uh, they were starting to open up on that sign, on that trail. Uh, and there were some fresh rubs along the trail. So I, I knew the bucks were starting to move through there. And I had also put a, a camera up over there, I guess at the very beginning of October. And was starting to see some daylight movement on that trail. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hung the stand up. And... It was the the wind was switching for that Friday. I was going to be just on the downwind side of the trail, so the wind was going to be to my advantage. Uh, the trail where I had a shot, where I figured I would have my main shot, was was twelve yards in front of me, so super close. Um, so yeah, so I hung the stand up. I used some of Urine Lux uh, bladder pods and freshened up a few scrapes with their with their dominant buck um, along the trail before now, I headed out of there. Were these scrapes that you had made previously or are these scrapes that were already there and you freshened them up with, you know, the bladder pods and the, the buck the buck urine? They were they were prior scrapes. Okay. Um, I'm, I mainly opened a scrape up last year. It looked like a big community scrape and it had just a few um, a few marks in it when I went and checked it that day. Um, so I figured I was like, oh, I'm just going to open this thing up. So I took a stick, you know, try to make it look like a dominant buck was in there. And then I put the bladder pods in it. Um, I put some doe estrus on a much smaller scrape that was closer to the yeah. stand. Um, so I actually ended up hunting that evening, not in that stand in a different location because the rain mm-hmm. let up and then it came back down. I ended up only sitting for like an hour and a half. Um, but yeah, so that, that kind of sets the stage for, for that morning hunt. Uh, so I snuck in there uh, that Friday morning, which had been October 30th. And uh, I had a, a pretty good start. I had some, a couple does walk the trail right in front of me at 12 yards. I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like, just need a buck to follow. Mm-hmm. You know, that mature doe scent, he'll end up right in front of me. Uh, I ended up seeing uh, just a small buck come through. And, and rubbing on some trees and he followed that dose that dose scent and, and kind of headed the direction that they were going and it was still pretty early it was like yeah i don't know seven thirty or 8 i was like okay and my my goal was to sit all day it was it was a good day a cold front had just come in so it was a perfect perfect day so, so this this is the morning after the rain cold front had pushed through so this would i mean this this is like you know if you have an ability you should have been in the woods that morning like yes okay yeah and i'll kind of preface this the 
I hunted there in the morning uh, because some of the previous daylight pictures that we got on mm-hmm. that trail uh, were in the morning around 9 a.m. on a northerly wind, which I had a northwest wind. It was in the morning. It was a cold front had just come in. So I was like, okay, I should see something here. Um, and, and actually, I, I had shot my buck last year about 70 yards away from that stand in in the same kind of thick cover area. Okay. On a northerly wind in the morning. So the, the conditions were right. Uh, but anyway, so I was sitting there and I, I was messaging some of you guys and I started getting uh, notifications from one of my cell cams that's all the way on the other side of the property. Mm-hmm. It was... Uh, that, that camera's probably 400 yards away, so re- realistically not that far. Um, but but it is a spot I could have sat. I think this was around 840 or so. So the, the camera just starts going off. I start getting notifications. I'm like, oh, what is this? So I check it. And of course, nice buck I'd never seen before. You had like, never, oh, you'd never seen it on any of your cameras previously? You'd never seen it on the property or anything? No, no, I'd never seen this deer before. That was the first time we'd ever got pictures of that deer. Um, there were there were some other deer that lived around the property that I definitely had my eyes on. But when I got those pictures, I was like, "Oh, this is this is a nice buck. Like I would mm-hmm. shoot this deer." And of course, it was on the other side of the property where I could have sat, but I didn't. So I was feeling all down in the dumps. And and how big of a piece of property are you talking? Is this like, I mean. What what do we talk about like acreage wise here? Uh, it's twenty three acres, and I would say, okay. oh, probably fifteen to eighteen of it are wooded. Okay, so I mean, this isn't a huge piece of property either. This, this I mean, this is this is like a uh, you know, some people would consider a smaller parcel or whatever you want to say, but I mean, this this sounds like it's uh, a nice bedding area nice travel area for these deer to kind of come through yeah yeah definitely in the you know if you're talking in the the deer hunting world right it's it's a smaller parcel mm-hmm. but what makes this property so appealing is just the terrain there there's yeah. a creek that runs down the middle of it and it's kind of in a valley and it's a bottleneck between two larger parcels of woods so on uh, like okay. the south the south southeast side of it, it opens up into a couple hundred acres of woods, mm-hmm. uh, and then on the north northeast side, it's probably another sixty to eighty acre patch of woods. Okay, um, but but essentially bottles bottles neck uh, bottlenecks through our property. So during late October, beginning of November, we'll get some new faces right that that come through there all the time just because they're traveling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I got pictures of that deer. Felt like kind of a slap in the face. I was like, oh, I could have sat there. Uh, real nice buck. Not real wide, but tall, big brows. Mm-hmm. And uh, prior to that, there was a doe on the camera. And it kind of looked like he was dogging the doe. And I was like, well, there's a potential as long as the doe doesn't run off in a random direction that they right. may come through here. And I remember messaging the group and Chris was telling me to get my head out of my rear. And he's like, there's a chance he may come by. so i was i was sitting there and i was i kind of had an idea if they came through the property the general direction in which they might come so i was kind of paying attention to that area and uh, about half an hour later 
I saw some movement and some thick stuff. And it was it's real thick where I was at. Mm-hmm. I saw some movement and I'm sitting there watching. And then all of a sudden I see a doe 25 yards to my right. I'm like, how in the hell did she get there? Oh, geez. And then I heard a grunt. I was like, oh, that's that's got to be the buck. So I'm sitting there watching the thick stuff and I start to see some rack move. So I, I get my bow off the hanger, get my camera ready. And sure enough, he is on that trail that eventually leads right out in front of me. So oh, the doe wow. went okay. off. Yeah, the doe went off uh, over to my right side about 25 yards onto the neighbors that was up behind me. And uh, I was really hoping he wouldn't go through there because I had very minimal shots of that mm-hmm. time. But the direction he was heading, it looked like he was going to come right in front of me for a 12-yard shot. But uh, he stopped probably about 40 yards off and then cut through the thick stuff and started following that doe. So I was scrambling. I I turned the camera around to the right side and I was trying to get all set up and trying to figure out where my shooting lanes were. And uh, you guys will probably, once uh, Chris and I get this edited, you'll see this on the Fueled by the Outdoors YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I was sitting there struggling and I showed you guys the video of my second angle and stuff. I pull back and I'm like, leaning up leaning down and yeah <laughs> trying like to figure you, out where like my window trying is. to do the tango with the with the branches <laughs> in the tree <laughs> yes well a deer was walking in quick and i was like man i gotta figure out where i'm gonna shoot this deer uh-huh. I, I have like one window i finally stopped him i had a small window and i didn't have time to really judge or get my range finder to figure out how far i was i guessed him for 30 combination with that and trying to shoot over a limb i had him high yeah I shot him in the spine, dropped him, followed him up, uh, followed it up with a couple other shots to help him expire quickly. Um, he was probably closer to 25 yards, realistically. Okay. But, <laughs> but yeah, he didn't go anywhere. And I was psyched. <laughs> I can't, I'll never I can't forget wait. that message. <laughs> I can't wait for everybody to see, like, when we, when we release this video of – like one, how elated you were that this, that like you shot this deer, but two, like the commentary that goes along with it. I mean, it is, it is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't was... say it. That's killing me. <laughs> <laughs> like I was uh, I, I mean, pretty stoked to say nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. So like you, you see this buck come in and at, at 25 yards, um, now I, I guess just for everybody out, out there, like what kind of setup are you using, um, when, when you're hunting, because you know, everybody does things differently and everything's, you mentioned like you're in a, your mobile setup, which is uh, a lone wolf and, uh, and climbing sticks, right? Hang and yeah, bang. Yeah. yeah hang and yeah. bang. And then like you're, I mean, did you have your pins set at like 20 and 30? Do you have like, what, what, uh, like what's your setup look like when you, when you went out hunting? Yeah. So like I said, I, I use my lone wolf mobile setup um, and, and sticks, which most people I feel like don't utilize that enough on private property. Mm-hmm. Agree. Um, they, I mean, granted we do have some pre-hung sets, but I, got my mobile set up this past year and I was like, well, I'm going to use this because there are areas where I, where I do not want a pre-hung set and I'd rather, you know, go in there mobile, get in, get out quick and try and mm-hmm. disturb it as the, the least amount as I can, which is what I did for this hunt. And it worked out well. And you're not giving them an ability to say, 
you know, I think people don't give animals enough credit. So these bigger deer, especially, you know, for those of you that seen this deer, we're, I'm pretty confident that was a mature deer. Yeah. Uh, four years old or older. I would have called it a four year old. Um, I wouldn't have said he was five, but you also kind of don't know once they get to four or so it's really tough to tell that said it is a big deer and uh that deer has been called to and baited and smelled all kinds of scents and everything that you could throw at a deer he's had it a bunch of times because those things cover a lot of ground so people hang these stands and think that the deer are just like stupid and oblivious but not only can they see the damn thing they can smell when you were up in that stand so they know i mean it'd be like if a lion was laying on a log every day waiting for them well when they smell the log they're like oh there was a lion here yesterday i should probably not walk by this and and so the mobile setup whether it be a you know your hang and bang hang on stand a saddle or whatever it allows you to get in there and then get out and the deer never know where to avoid you. Basically they don't mm-hmm. feel, you know, you're not setting up like a presence in an area. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean like for anybody who doesn't think that deer know your stands are there at all, I can show you plenty of pictures of deer staring directly at my tree stand because they know <laughs> it's there. <laughs> the big ones know it's there the little ones are too oh my bad i'm not supposed to say that oh, oh, he yelled out again um, oh my god we're too Luke stupid going to have you for dinner right um they're too stupid to uh look up in that tree uh but the big ones pick me up um i can edit that out <laughs> Rick now, if i would have said that he'd been like we're gonna make it natural <laughs> gotta be natural uh, but yeah definitely agree mobile setups on even on private work very well uh but to your point earlier rick yeah so i, I use my mobile setup uh, as far as my bow setup um i have a three pin sight set at 20 30 40 uh it is a slider my bottom pins my slider um but realistically where i was it was a pretty thick area i think the farthest shot I might have had one shot where I could shoot out to 35 yards, and that was it. The majority of my shots would have been 25 yards and in. Nice. That's that's thick. Yeah, so pretty pretty close. Um, my camera setup, uh, it's one uh, Chris and I have been utilizing with just my phone. I have the iPhone 11 Pro, and that thing. And realistically, for for bow hunters, it it can work well and mm-hmm. for me it worked well so i have that and my gopro that's what i had as filming equipment good yeah. deal now are you using that uh what was the video you guys did the like a beast cage or whatever it's called yeah yeah so i had the beast cage on there and i have it connected to my my fourth arrow camera arm okay uh, i did not have my lens on there uh chris and i have have some of the pro lenses but for where I was at, it was so thick and the shots were going to be pretty close. I, I didn't need a lens for it. You know, I actually um, was playing around this past week when I had those encounters with all those deer during my quickie hunts. 
And uh, I took, so you know, the little uh, bayonet that you connect your lens to. Well, I turned it around to the 1X lens. So rather than shooting out of 6X, I was shooting in 3X. Yeah, I thought about that. Dude, it's it's awesome. It's, It's better than 2X, obviously, but it's not so much that it zooms way in on the deer. But I I feel like that 25-yard mark is about your threshold where, you know, if you're going to be hunting in a place where 25 is your far shot, then you might want to switch it over but or not use it at all. But um, once you get to 25 yards, it can look pretty good in the 6X, but it can also be kind of tricky because if they're that close, you know, you – I mean, they take two steps and they're out of frame. Yeah. So, um, you know, something to deal with. But I, I really enjoy the uh, the 3X. It's it's nice. Yeah, I actually thought about doing that, um, but then I shot a deer, so <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't have a chance to do it. Rubbing salt in the wound. Um, <laughs> so, so you 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 shoot this deer. Um, beautiful buck. We're going to post pictures of it with this podcast. So everyone will know, uh, what we're talking about. Um, and again, like you said, you, you had been planning for this since, I mean, August, maybe even earlier, correct? Oh yeah. Um, based on just what I learned from last year, cause last year was the first year we hunted this property. Mm-hmm. Um, just based on the movement and everything that I had seen. Like I said, I cut my buck last year about 70 yards from where I was before. Uh, my father and I kind of agreed. We're the two main people that hunt the property. We mm-hmm. kind of agreed that we were going to stay out of that area until late October into November, which is what we ended up doing. Good so deal. realistically, based, we kind of started planning for it last year. So, I mean, the idea there was, you know, I mean, the, the idea is let's make sure that our best spot on the property isn't, you know, kind of molested and nothing goes in there, um, us or, you know, anyone else and just, you know, wait, let it, you know, make its own gravy. And then hopefully by rut time, it's going to be good to go. Yeah, that, that was the thought. We, we knew that spot, the deer didn't, they would move through it, but not as much as that they that they do late October and November. So we're like, you know what, we're just going to keep our scent out of there, make sure it's a place where they feel safe. And then that, that was the main thought behind it. What else, what else do you not do until late October? As far as when you hunt, what do you, what do you try not to do until late October? You're, you're smiling at me. I'm not sure (laughs) you're kidding Was that your first morning hunt? Uh, uh, not not on public. That doesn't count. That was my first morning hunt on private. Yep. Yeah. You're right. It's uh, it's so weird. And even so, this morning, you know, everybody gave me crap. So I had like eighty thousand things going through my mind this morning. I I told everybody I was going to wake up super early and yeah, three thirty. Right. I'm glad I didn't. Um, but uh. I woke up this morning and I just kept thinking like, man, walking in on a corn pile is like the worst thing you can do in a morning. And I'm about to go do that 
on the first cold front we've had in like 10 days. <laughs> I'm like, there's going to be deer stacked all over that thing. And <laughs> you're going to, it's going to sound like a damn freight train going down the hill. So I opted to stay out and went in this evening and, and uh, still saw nothing. Um, but we got some good picks. We got, we got a good buck on camera. Um, so oh, you got more than one good buck on camera. Yeah. You showed us those pictures. Yeah. yeah. We've got, we've got a, an eight pointer. What do you, what do you think Goldberger score? I've, I've got him at 146. In, I was going to say 140. I, I got to say he's got to be 145 at least. Yeah. He's just so, a huge old mainframe eight. He's a gorgeous he's eight, deer. Eight plus years old. He's got a really unique frame and uh, it, it never changes. It's so cool the way it's shaped and everything. And then um, we've got uh, a young deer. I, I, I'm not sure if I've seen it before. Um, he's between 35 and 40 probably. Yeah. Was that um, the last picks you sent us? It looked like yeah, a the last eight. ones, yeah. like yeah. a tight yeah. kind of slightly high and tight eight. Mm-hmm. And then we have another eight. And oh, God. I have not <laughs> put a number on him, but at a glance, there's a chance that deer goes 160 as an eight pointer. Um, I'm thinking right now, mid fifties, but um, he's, He's a giant like and and for everybody uh that that hears that number, I, I don't give a shit about that number. If he was a four pointer or a spike, he'd be on the list. I don't care about the number, but well, to his put things huge. in perspective, yeah. Um he I mean a hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty inch eight pointer is like a hundred and seventy inch twelve pointer. Like mm-hmm. that is a big damn deer. He looks like a mule deer. Uh, yeah, he, that's so a very big. good way of putting it. Um, so, I mean, I'm not coming out of the woods this weekend. Basically, I'm I'm going to go sit and pray a lot and just chill because if I get the right wind and everything, um, there's a pretty good chance I kill this deer. His name is Sven, uh, one of my best friends had an encounter with him well we all had an encounter with him that day because me and the other guy were only 40 yards away <laughs> we could have well i was tagged out um that was 2018 when yeah I was, I killed yeah, my 2018 one. so uh thomas i was taking him and i invited will mm-hmm. to go and we put will in what we call the ball sack tree it's a tree well it's next to the ball sack tree so it's a tree that literally looks like it has a freaking bean bag hanging off the front of it like he literally looks like he has a freaking set so he's sitting there and uh thomas is like there's a deer coming and you know he says that all the time and so i'm like okay and i look up and there's a buck walking dead at will (laughs) and we're in open timber 40 yards apart from each other and i'm like there's zero service. So I'm like, come on, man, look over here at me so I can point. I can't text you. I can't call you. I can't do anything. I can't throw a stick. This deer, it was amazing. It was one of the first times I ever paid attention to this. He was walking just on the side of the hill on what you'd call the leeward side. Mm-hmm. The wind was blowing over the ridge top, 
and over his head, creating a thermal tunnel. And he was literally checking everything on the other side of the hill without even being seen. It was amazing. So he comes up and crests this ridge and just comes dead at will. (laughs) And he gets to the point where he walks by the base of his tree and he's at like, I don't know, nine yards. I mean, he's directly under him. And we're like giving him runway signals like, draw your freaking boat, do do anything, move. And uh, the deer caught Will's thermals and busted. So we told Will that he froze like a little biatch. (laughs) So I started calling him Frozen. And then that's how the deer got his name. We call him Sven. So uh, Sven, (laughs) I have watched since he was two. And he is now five. And wow, he was a two-year-old. Let's see. So he would have been, wait. If he's five, he would have been three then. No, he's six. Because he, I watched him the year before. And then that year we had him as well. And then 19 and oh, shit, I don't know. He's five or six years old, guys. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta do some counting. You know, good at math. Yeah, yep. I'm gonna have to look up all the pictures because I want to post about him. He's such a gorgeous deer, and I, I kept looking at him, and I'm like, why won't you just get really big? And then he listened, like, because I figured I would see him kind of blow up a little bit last year. You know what? He's, he's five, so he would have been. Yeah, he was three then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was three then, because in 2019, I was like, he's going to be four. This deer is going to look stupid. And then, I mean, he was good, but he was basically like the deer that was on camera this morning. I'd probably put him high 30s, you know, same as this dude. Uh, Decent mass. This deer's more massive, so I think he might push 40, but um, nothing crazy, but a good a very mm-hmm. good eight pointer, uh, especially when he's not wide. He's at that point, I think he was probably 14 inches wide or something. Like not super wide at all. So um, now he's like 18 inside. Uh, and maybe 12 inch or better G twos. Like he, I mean, he's a big deer and he carries his mass. Oh, yeah. yeah, and he, he carries his mass everywhere, and his beams, I mean, I tried to put a number on him. I, I gave him 25-inch beams, and I think I shorted him, but I could be wrong. So, who knows? Anywho, that's enough of me rambling on about the deer that I'm now <laughs> it's a nice deer, with. and yeah, hopefully you'll get a <laughs> shot at him. Yeah, Let me do – oh, man. I'll – so when I killed my 170, I was cool as a cucumber. Never felt a thing. If that deer comes in on me, I will feel. <laughs> there will be a lot of feels happening. <laughs> well, I mean, you ha- you have a lot of history with that deer too. I think that that yeah. has something to do with some when you well, uh, when you have a deer it, like that standing in front of you. Like if you've watched it for two or three years and you've yeah. given it a name and like. It's not like it's a pet, but you know, you right. have like this emotional attachment to that deer. It's like, 
like you watched it grow and it's like you've watched it get bigger and bigger and bigger and it's you know you know it's it's gonna go down at some point so yeah these deer man i tell you in this particular spot i literally get to watch deer grow and it it doesn't hurt my feelings to pass a deer even if it's a good deer last year i passed uh i never did really come up with any kind of creative name just called him the wide eight Mm -hmm. i think he was like 22 inches wide outside um he's probably like 19 to 20 inside wow I mean, he was a really good eight pointer pushing 140 inches um and i had him i was filming with my phone without a lens at the time last year it was october 23rd and i had him come into like 12 yards and make a scrape on camera and everybody's like what the hell is wrong with you why didn't you shoot him and i'm like <laughs> well this deer could blow i mean he could be a giant one day and I mean, I think he's three, he's not mature. If he would have been mature, I'd have felt a little differently maybe, but, um, and I would have shot him then, but, um, he was, I think he was three and a half and, uh, he just wasn't quite what I was looking for. And I know that when I pass a deer there, it's almost a certainty that I'm going to see him next year. And I think the reason, so I had Goldberg and he's like, I don't think he beds anywhere near this spot but he's he's a regular like yeah. he's the one that he'll give me picks in the summer and it used to be i never got picks of any of these bucks in the summer i'd be lucky to get a two-year-old or a yearling buck on camera in july and august so now goldberg is there all summer long and everything i can always get picks of him but the other ones sven and the white eight and some of the others i i do not see them until october and this year they never showed up and i'm like freaking 2020 dude like these deer died or you know somebody else mm -hmm. killed them or whatever well i think what it is i got down to the bottom of the mountain and people still have beans and corn and everything up and i think that's the case that and maybe the biggest acorn crop i've ever seen they're ridiculous the ac acorns oh, right yeah. now are just completely insane and then they're still falling yeah. like it, like they are they're, they're still like, falling that's the crazy part of it all dude stop falling yeah so um yeah it's it's really neat to pass these deer and uh i've only had instances where i've had a deer for a couple years that i knew of had encounters and stuff like with my big one i passed him on october 10th in 2017 and then killed him on october 17th technically 28 or excuse me technically the 18th because i had to shoot him again mm -hmm. due to some crazy stuff going on um but um i i hadn't had four years of history with this deer and and never like i've seen sven once i've never seen goldberg i've seen the white eight one time like i'd seen that deer in the bean field I'd seen that deer uh, a couple of times with encounters and all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. Not to mention a trillion daylight pictures of that deer. He wanted to die. So, um, yeah, it'll be pretty crazy if I end up killing that deer. Good deal. When, when I kill him. When you kill that deer. So yeah. on, to, on to deer that we don't see and on to deer that we uh, don't plan for. Josh, you took a trip to Texas 
last week to um now you you were near like the like the texas oklahoma line right yeah yeah, with the panhandle yeah pretty pretty close to there we stayed in sweetwater oklahoma is where we okay it's like 10 minutes from the texas border it's all the way on the west side of oklahoma uh so i shot my ohio buck on the 30th and then we left for our trip the evening of the 31st uh, it's a from where we're at. It's a 15-hour drive. Um, we ended up leaving that Saturday evening, stayed in Missouri, and then made the remainder of the drive on Sunday. And we got there Sunday afternoon. Uh, there were good call six, on splitting up the drive, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've driven to Florida a couple times, and usually that's you know straight through. This was very nice to make a stop and after oh, 10 yeah. hours and sleep, and the drive the next day didn't seem bad at all. Five hours. Mm-hmm it definitely helped out yeah uh but there were six guys uh in the group including myself uh two of the guys in a group had been out to this place multiple times um so they were they were kind of regulars and then i I knew some guys that went to the same area uh like a week and a half prior Mm -hmm. uh and they've been going out there for i don't know almost 20 years now um and last year they were like hey you should go hunt this place where we hunt it's it's a good spot we have a good time uh there's properties in oklahoma and texas i was like cool so we went there and the so like i said there's six in a group four of us were hunting texas including myself and the other Mm -hmm. two were hunting oklahoma like i said we were right on the border yeah uh where we were at in texas uh it was a one buck county so i was allowed one buck and three does uh, I, I think in the state of Texas, you can get more than one buck. I, for some reason, I think it may be up to three. It seemed like really? a lot. Yeah. But then again, I'm from Ohio. Where you're it's Texas. So, deer. yeah. <laughs> and then <clears throat> the the guys that were hunting Oklahoma had an option for a second buck if they wanted a second buck. Uh, but the, the gentleman, his property we hunted on, he had access. I asked him. He was super nice, just down home country guy. He had access to 10,000 acres between Oklahoma and Texas. Good grief. Which is a lot. His yeah. family are, um, they own a lot is of this, cattle. Is this Zach Kaiser's place? <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's listening to this. <laughs> oh, man. I hope Zach listens to this. <laughs> I'll tell him to he'll he'll lose it. <laughs> uh, but the guy's family, they're cattle farmers, and so they have a bunch of land and stuff for their cattle. Uh, the guy says, of the ten thousand between Oklahoma and Texas, they probably own about half, and they have leases for the other half. Okay. Um, but the piece in Texas we were hunting was a seven hundred acre parcel. Um, there were four of us hunting that. I was hunting a stand where. Uh, one of the local guys that lives around here, he had been there a week, week and a half prior. Um, and no one else had been hunting there. Well, the last person out there was him. Uh, he shot a nice buck out of that stand. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the owner, Joel, he was like, he's like, you're going to see a lot of deer. I've never been to Texas. This is my first time hunting there. So I, I didn't really know. I've heard of guys that have been out to this place. They're like, look, you're going to see a lot of deer. And I was like, okay, like what, 12 deer, a lot of deer. They yeah, like lying. what's a lot of deer? 
Like, because like what you so, just said, like if I see 12 in a sit, like that's a whole hell of a lot of deer. Yeah. For us, it's like, Oh, five, six, it's a lot of deer out there. Oh my goodness. The, my, between the first day, uh, Monday was the first day we hunted that morning. I saw 18 Jeez. that evening. I saw 18 or 19. <laughs> so it was almost 40 deer in a day. Oh and I was my like, gosh. Holy cow. It's way different. And and their population is actually down compared to years prior, which I couldn't believe. He's like, yeah, our population is not as good as what it once was. It's so funny uh, having people come from other states to hunt with us here, and they don't know what to do because, you know, Josh Fox hunts Maryland, West Virginia, where they're just riddled with deer, mm-hmm. uh, New Jersey, and uh, some other guys have come, you know, Joe and some other guys come down and um, they're not used to sitting all day and seeing a deer. Yeah. And being happy about that. Like we don't have a high population here at all. We're a low population state. So seeing 40 deer, dude, I'd have been, I'd owed somebody some money if I went out there, honestly. <laughs> I'd, have, I'd have needed to go buy more arrows. <laughs> I was pretty much in awe that first morning. The the owner Joel, he was like, he's like, don't even pick up your bow. He was like, you're gonna see a lot of bucks and you'll see a lot of smaller bucks. He's like, just don't even pick it up. And so I'm like, okay. So that first morning, that Monday morning, uh, I think I saw nine different bucks. Wow. Yeah, and uh, it, I will preface this. So I I was hunting at a feeder which in texas it's kind of like a norm out there oh yeah uh, that's yeah. like one of their mainstays and here in ohio i have some feeders on property i've never seen a mature buck at a feeder in ohio ever i've had I've two feeders one. yeah i've had two feeders on a property that's 100 acres in person for, for like uh, i'm talking about even on camera i've never had one at this oh feeder. i'm sorry uh, okay I don't use feeders. I'm sorry. I thought we were just talking about bait in general. Yeah, I agree. Dude, feeders are like, wow, that is crazy. Yeah. Um, so here, like, like over there, you're like, oh, this is this is how feeders are supposed to work? Because, <laughs> hell, they were, they were come right up to it. No, no issue. And, heck, around here, they, all the mature ones are kind of like, way off like 20 yards just kind of staring at it like won't go near it um yeah so it was i would have like i think the first morning i had like 12 deer all within like 30 yards of me which makes it very hard to move around but but i saw nine different bucks that first morning and uh, i saw one off in the distance about 150 yards it looked he looked bigger than anything i had seen that was close he looked like a decent deer. So I was like, okay, those deer had worked from my left and went to the right. And I was like, okay, in the evening, they'll probably work from my right to left. Uh, no one in our group had shot that morning. Everyone just kind of left their bows hanging. We went back to where we were staying, shot bows, ate, and then uh, we went back out for the evening hunt. And then sure enough, a lot of the deer came from my right to left. I saw a lot of the same deer. I figured I'd see most of the same bucks and mm-hmm. stuff I saw that morning, but I was real curious to see if I saw any new bucks. 
and uh, I ended up having that, that buck I saw that morning that was about 150 yards in front of me and kind of working along this little ridge he had come in he popped out behind some some brush I don't know he was probably like 50 or 60 yards and I saw him out and I knew instantly I was like oh that's got to be the buck because I didn't see this buck in the morning he wasn't close by and he looks extremely similar to the one I saw in the morning so I get the shakes a little bit because I'm like oh this is a deer that I would kill I kind of went I know the the owner kind of told us he's like don't even pick your bow up but I was like I went past this deer on the last day and this is one of my yeah uh, I'd hunted I hunted Indiana once but other than that this was my first real out-of-state hunt so I was like, ah, I wouldn't pass this deer on the last day. I'm, I'm not going to pass him right now. Um, so he ended up giving me a 12-yard shot. And it was it was kind of hard to get pulled back on him because I had like three other deer around this feeder. I had a group of turkeys come in. Six gobblers were there. Really? And turkeys, yeah. Turkeys will will pick you off in a stand. They're tough. Man, they're, they're the devil. Like <laughs> they really are. Like I, I, I oh, remember we, we, my, my the remember first, shot first deer I ever killed with a bow. Um, I pulled back as fast as I could because there was there's five turkeys that came in and they were all at the base of the tree and they started like looking up. I'm like, if I don't shoot this deer now, those turkeys are gonna start going crazy and those deer are gonna run off. They like, uh, oh man, I hate turkeys when you deer hunting. <laughs> Especially when you can't shoot him. Yeah. How many times did you shoot that one this spring? Uh, six. <laughs> well, in all fairness, I don't think six hit him. We just made sure. That's, that's true. See, the thing is, is if you have all those shells when you walk back to the truck, you're more tireder. And so, <laughs> uh, yeah. Definitely emptied out on that yeah. was a mag dump, <laughs> two mag dumps. Uh, but yeah, so had all that going on around the feeder, but I was able to manage to get drawn back. Gave me a twelve yard shot, and uh, I got I got it all on the camera. I was using the same camera setup as I did for nice. my high deer, and uh, he ran off about seventy yards and bedded down. And I was like, man, he was super close. My shot looked real good. I replayed it on the on the on my phone. I think I just kind of got caught up in the moment. He was quartering to me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I didn't tuck it in close enough to his shoulder. So it was clip the lung, got the liver. And I watched this deer bed out in this open. It was uh where I was at was essentially an old cow pasture. And uh I watched him bed for like 20 minutes and then I watch him get up, move 10 yards, bed again. I was like, ah, oh, he's not going to go anywhere. Well, he surprised me and then got up again, went maybe five yards, bedded back down. He tried to get up a fourth time after 15 minutes or so, but couldn't get up. I was like, oh man, he's got to, that's got to be his last bed. And sure enough though, he got up another uh, for a fourth time, went maybe 10 or 15 yards and bedded back down. And by this time it had gotten dark. And uh, one of the guys that was on the other side of the property picked me up. We went back to where we were staying and, and ate. And then the owner, Joel, was like, uh, where'd he go? And I was like, well, he didn't cross the fence or anything. He stayed in that old cow pasture where I was at. He's like, how long you want to give him? I was like, I, I would prefer 
Like if it was here, I would have waited until the next morning. And yeah. Got him. But uh, he was, he wanted to get there pretty quick because the coyotes out there are, are terrible. I never really seen coyotes during the day, but out there almost every day, at least we'd see one coyote during the day, hear a ton of them at night. Yeah. They were everywhere. They're everywhere down there, man. Yeah. And he was like, he's like, oh, I'd like to get out there pretty quick. So we ate and went back out. And sure enough, we ended up, um, we went towards the opposite end of the field near the fence and we, we ran right into him. He'd only been there for maybe two hours, but the coyotes got the back half of him already. Uh. Yeah. But I was super stoked. My, I was the first one to kill a deer. Uh, one of the uh, Oklahoma guys killed a buck that evening as well. Um, mine was bigger, just, just bragging. About. But, uh, <laughs> but it was my first Texas buck, so I, I was pretty stoked about it. I got it all on film. It was, it was a great experience. Good deal. Good deal. I mean, that, that that's like, you know, before COVID took hold, like one of my plans was to go down to Texas this year and do some type of out of state hunt, whether it had been hogs or whether it had been, um, deer and just never got around to doing it. But, I'm glad someone got to go down there and do like a full out of state hunt. Cause I, I, you know, you, you, you hear it, you see it, you read about it. Like it's, they, there's just so many dang deer down there. I mean, there's oh, just, yeah. they're just everywhere. And, you know, <clears throat> with the way they manage wildlife in Texas, it's completely different. I mean, I say this in, in the nicest way. It's completely different than how we manage wildlife in most of the other States. Like you have these, ma- these massive ranches and they're essentially allotted tags. And, you know, you have a census every year and you get a different amount of tags and, you know, depending upon what you're trying to, you know, keep on your property, you know, you have scrub bucks that need to be taken out. You have big bucks that need to be taken out. You have some bucks that are really, really stinking old that need to be taken out. So it's really cool that you uh, got hooked up with a place that had that much that much property to be able to hunt on and uh, go down there and do that. Yeah, it was it was definitely a different experience. A lot of fun. He was uh, that seven hundred acre piece I was on on the very on the opposite end. He had a wheat field. And uh, he was telling me, he's like, this is the only wheat field in eight miles. And those deer just congregate to those wheat fields out there, like like white on rice. Oh, man. He showed me a picture. I think it was actually two or three years ago. Um, but he had showed me a picture. There were 200 deer in that wheat field that he counted. You just see this picture, and there's deer everywhere. We went out uh, a couple nights while we were down there. Uh, one of the guys had like a thermal scanner and we just kind of scanned the fields. He's like, you got to check this out. And we, we'd scan the fields and there's 60, 70 deer in the field. Wow. That was just way different than out here. <clears throat> like cattle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just a ton of them. Well, good deal. Good deal. So you're tagged out then or are you, are you doe hunting still in Ohio? Well, I, I also got a doe in Texas. Oh yeah. I, I went out a couple of days later and got a doe. Um, so I really have enough meat. I have lots of meat. I really don't need to shoot another deer. I mean, I could Robin. if I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I figured I'd just make myself available to all the other team members. If someone needs a filming buddy, I can do that. Or if someone needs help dragging a deer, taking pictures, I can do that. 
I know I'm going over to Chris's tomorrow. I think we're going to film a couple things and I'm going to um, do a how to on how to make a scrape. It's the sweetest thing. Like you never think of stuff like this until somebody shows you. And then you're just like, huh? Well, damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, good yeah, deal. So that'd be pretty cool. Those are my plans. But speaking of that dough I shot. So I went to a different stand on the same piece of property where, um, one of the other guys was hunting and he had just seen does there. That's all he was seeing. But he saw like 18 does the first morning. That evening he saw another 14 or 15. Second morning he saw like 12 does. It was just, there was a ton of them in there. And he hadn't shot a buck. So I was like, well, let's let's switch it up. I'll go over there, shoot a doe, and like, you go somewhere else on the property. Well, like I said earlier, a week and a half prior, there was another group in there, and I don't know who hunted in that area, but those deer, you couldn't blink in that stand, and those deer would just run off. It was the hardest doe kill I've ever accomplished. Like I said, this was another spot with a feeder, but man, those deer, they wouldn't, it, there wouldn't just be one of them that come in there. It'd be like, five of them that would come in at a time. Yeah. So you have all these eyes on you. They're already on high alert. And and the guy that was sitting there before me told me, he's like, this is a hard stand. He's like, these deer are on high alert. And he, he told me he went to shoot a doe like the day prior. And it took him, he, he said it took him 26 minutes to be seated straight and turn to his right a little bit to at least attempt to get in like a shooting position. It took him 26 minutes to like turn a little bit to the right. Jeez. Yes. And so what I did that morning, uh, about 630, it was getting daylight. I, I hadn't seen the deer yet. And I figured they would be coming fairly soon. So I just went ahead and stood up in the stand and got my bow in, in hand. And I just stood the whole time. And I was like, well, I'm not going to give, I'm going to try and make my movement as minimal as possible. And I want to shoot one of these deer. <laughs> and uh, it ended up working out, but man, I had, I think I drew back like four different times total. One time, <laughs> one time <laughs> I drew back <laughs> once and then the deer scattered because they like uh-huh. heard my arrow on my rest and uh, let back down. And then, they eventually came back and I picked out a doe in the group. That was one of the bigger does. And she was probably 25 yards, which isn't far, but she was on the opposite side of this feeder mm-hmm. and I got drawn back, but she just kept moving. So I was drawn back for, I don't know. I'll have to go back at the footage and look. Cause I have it all on film. It, it had to be at least two minutes. I couldn't hold my arm still for nothing. She, Gave me one 25-yard broadside shot, and I, I tried to get anchored on her, and I was all over the place. I'm like, this isn't going to work out. So I just let down. Uh, of course, when I let down, some of, some of the deer scattered. Eventually, another group came back. I tried to get drawn on another doe, and again, uh, a couple of the closer ones scattered, so they spooked off. And then finally, I, I was able to get drawn back they stayed calm and I was able to get a shot off but my shot was terrible by that time my shoulder was roasted she was only 20 yards but I I shot 
and I jerked my arm as I shot and I hit her way oh, back. Oh, man. The, the only thing that saved me was I hit an artery because she only went 30 yards and stopped and then laid down and, and expired within a minute. Um, so wow. That only, yeah, that was the only thing that saved me was I hit an artery. Don't cut nothing. the shit up. You hit her in the leg, right? Uh, in front of the back right hip. That's oh, how hard. My, oh, so dude, wow! I thought you hit her in. So, so you were basically in the back of the guts. Yeah, um, closer to the hip, I'd say, maybe in the very back of the guts. I, I, that's what I was thinking. Rick was like the moral artery, somewhere right in there. Well, well, did you center? Did you get a pass through? Yeah. Did you center punch her femur? No, I didn't. Okay, because the femoral femur femoral artery runs right along there yeah, so if yeah. you were just in front of her ham i was just gonna say i shot a deer uh it was 23 yards and my string slapped my coat sleeve and it just whipped the bow to the right and i i went from like absolutely gonna pipe this deer this has been more than 10 years ago and uh it hit it right in front of the back leg like <clears throat> back of the gut if if you had a crease for the shoulder this is the crease for yeah, the yeah. the guts mm-hmm. and leg dude that deer ran 50 yards and fell over and died <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's what this one as did. soon as as soon as it hit there i was like oh shit this is going to be a long night i feel terrible what the hell you know why couldn't you put something on your coat sleeve you idiot and then i i watched it fall and i was like well it's going to get back up. Like, no, there's no way. Walked over there and the damn thing's deader in hell. Yep. That's exactly what happened to this. She went 30 yards, piled up. And I was like, oh, thank goodness I hit an artery. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, good deal. So, Chris, you're sitting in a tree for the rest of the weekend, right? Rest of my life. (laughs) The rest of your life. I'll watch that son of a bitch grow a new rack next (laughs) summer if I have to. Um, I'll swat mosquitoes off just to keep them from sucking the blood out of it. No. Um, yeah. Um, I think I'm going to pull two very long all day sits. I, I may find a place to sleep out there Saturday night, honestly, cause I'm not, I'm telling you, I'm not coming out of them woods until I kill that deer. I'm going to make it for cereal. Cause that dude, that's a big deer, man. And Oops, and he's chance. walking around. He was in, I think it was yesterday. It was like 8.50 in the morning, 8.30, something mm-hmm. like that. Broad freaking daylight, man. And he's just standing there like an idiot. So, <laughs> I mean, of course, he's probably like circled that area 64 times and knew that my dumbass wasn't in there. But um, I just, I got to at least try. So I don't. I don't hunt that place as much as I should because it's hill country and it's frustrating and makes me want to kill people. Um, but there's really big deer out there and it's finally cold enough to where the seed ticks won't rape me. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to give her, give her hell and see what happens. Good deal. Where are you headed? Yeah. I'm at deer camp this weekend. So Ah, that's right. Yeah. I got, I got deer camp. So Friday. Whoa. Tomorrow, I head up tomorrow night. I hunt Friday morning, Saturday, or Friday all day, Saturday all day, and possibly Sunday morning. You're hunting with your bow. Correct. 
Okay, yeah, because for a second I was like, wait a minute. No, so your dad's so, using your crossbow. No, I, 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 uh, I, um, I forego the first week in a Kentucky rifle every year for this trip. So, by the way, if you're hunting Kentucky rifle, please wear your blaze orange. It is on your chest and your hat unimpeded. You need to wear that easiest ticket for a game warden to write, just so you are aware. Um, and you could die. And you could die because, you know, there's a lot of people with rifles in the woods uh, on that first weekend. But I'm hunting. I'm hunting with my compound. Um, funny enough, because I had my crossbow just packed up just in case. And, you know, for whatever reason, um, my dad actually had a malfunction with his crossbow and is now um, using mine. So going back to what we've said the past I don't know, three to four weeks, make sure your stuff's in working order. Not for my, not from my dad's purposes. My dad killed a buck already. Nice deer, big body. Um, yeah. It was like the day before. Wasn't yeah. It? Day before. And well, he said, why his, haven't I seen this picture? So I probably, I just haven't sent him out to you guys yet. Um, uh, Rick's he, a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> I hoard all the pictures that I want. Um, so he's sitting in his stand and I, I had got like done with a client early at work and he calls me and he's like whispering. He's like, Hey, I'm like, Hey. And he goes, uh, you bringing your crossbow up? I'm like, I had planned on it. He goes, are you going to use it? I said, nah, I was just bringing it up just in case he goes, well, I got it just in case my crossbow <laughs> is hang. I heard a loud <laughs> snap. And my crossbow limbs is uh, hanging lower. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, it's just like, he goes, it broke. And we literally, I kid you not, we were talking about this Sunday because I forgot to uncock my crossbow overnight. So I shot my bow over to his house. I'm like, is it going to affect it? He goes, he's like, it might, it might not. He goes, just make sure, he goes, just don't do anything weird because he was telling me he was watching um, Pigment or something, and his the guy's dad had left his Raven crossbow in, in in Texas in a hot blind, and the thing exploded, like just completely exploded. Got to like a hundred degrees in the blind, limb shattered everywhere. You know, fifteen hundred dollar crossbow down the pooper. Um, so dad's using my crossbow now and uh doe hunting for the rest of the time and i'm you know using my compound because this is like the one time during the year where i try to only use that no matter what so i'm excited i've got three really really nice deer on camera <clears throat> um i bought my i've got my ohio tags so smart yeah yeah i uh I'm about to get shut down i'm pretty sure well let's hope not <laughs> <laughs> So are you, is this Adams County where you'll be? Uh, it's, it's, it's a County that we don't talk about. It's a County honestly, that we but don't, it's not Adams County. But I it's can't not say Adams that. County. Not that. Okay. It is a County we don't talk about. Um, we can talk about in private. If, if you are close enough, I am off this weekend. If you kill a deer, just hit us up and I'll be out to help you drag it. Uh, you're, we, 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 you may be getting a phone call. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I hunt private, but it's near some public and it's, it's just a really, really good piece of property. So, um, you guys seen the pictures and I, I really hope that I can, you know, have a picture of me holding one of those deer. Um, I, I really, 
what was the it was the po- it was the uh, picture that I used for the podcast this week, uh, this past week. Um, that big fat deer, man, mm-hmm. like yeah. I could take a whole brisket off that deer and not even bat an eye on it. He is just an old fat deer, and it is awesome looking. Is it bad that now that I have this smoker, I can't wait to kill a big buck to get like the brisket and the neck meat and all oh, that, man. and just you're gonna love it toss it on there and let it cook <laughs> you are gonna love it so That'd be great um concluders guys uh josh well, you go first well i was just gonna say you you had mentioned your smoker uh the guys that made your smoker were just up here right and they were successful on ohio public man oh, yeah yeah i almost forgot to tell that story so i was fortunate enough to get a smoker this year made by none other than uh, HD Smokers, which is Hunter Hartley and James Daugherty, Daughtry, something like that. I, I'm so concentrated on his fake first name that I never even thought of his last name, so I actually had to think <laughs> of it. On Facebook, his name is Jimmer. Yep. And... I was joking around. I'm like, oh, you're Jimmer for debt. And he's like, that's why I chose it. That's my favorite basketball player. And I'm like, <laughs> well, damn. So, um, yeah, they made me a really, really nice smoker, man. I can't say enough about it. I've cooked uh, all kinds of ribs and wings and uh, burgers and God only knows what else on there. Uh, it kind of doubles as a propane grill as well. So, And it's one of those ones. It's made out of like three-quarter inch. Uh, or not three quarter. God, that'd be ridiculous. It'd be like a submarine, three sixteenths uh, steel. So it's really heavy duty. Anywho, they came up and hunted, and uh, I kind of pointed them out to some spots and um, let them go from there. And uh, I told them, you know, hey, it's real life. I can't guarantee you a deer. Uh, you know. I just basically lie to people and make them think that I'm good at deer hunting and all that. I just post other people's trail cam pics. Um, In all seriousness, you know, it's, it's Ohio. Ohio is a tough place to hunt. There's a reason our deer are big. It's not because they're stupid and it's not because we have great weather. If we had the weather that Michigan and Minnesota and Wisconsin have, we wouldn't have big deer a because they couldn't recover like they do here and B because they'd be killed off of every corn pile. I think that's why people think corning works so well, because it gets cold in other places. Here is like, this Ohio Valley is such crap. It's so tough to get a cold front until deer season is over or about over. Um, So they come up, and of course, you know, the first few days it's cold, and, you know, they're whining because they're Georgia boys, so it's hilarious. It's like 55 degrees and they're freezing their balls off. And uh, all of a sudden it just got warm. And y'all know, I, I mean, it was almost 80 some days. And oh, yeah. uh, man, I told him to go back to this one spot. It's a good mile walk. And they did. And they kept going there and they kept seeing deer somehow in the heat and seeing some pretty good deer and one really good deer and uh man i texted him one night and i was like hey uh 
any luck and didn't hear back from them. And right as I'm thinking like, man, I hope they're okay. I wonder what the hell happened. Then it clicked and like my phone rang all within a few seconds of each other, literally. And uh, I hear Hunter breathing real heavy and he's like, well, you still got that elk elk pack? And I was like, you're kidding me. James shot a really, really nice buck. Yeah, he did. On public land with his bow. And it was funny, too, because I got there and I knew it was a good buck. And I got there and I'm like, dude, that's, that's a little better than I thought it was. The picks didn't do it justice, as a lot of times they don't do. Um, and so I asked him, I'm like, you you going to mount him or you, you want to skull him? He's like, I'm going to skull him. And sat there for a second. And I was like, what's your biggest deer? He told me, and I'm like, I, I think this one's bigger than that, man. You, you went out of state on a public land bow hunt. You may want to go ahead and mount this one. This is your first out of state hunt. Yeah. And you killed a Pope and young buck with your bow. That would be on my wall. Had I killed a mule deer that big or even like 20 inches smaller, it would have been on my wall. So mm-hmm. I would probably, you know, go ahead and do that. So we cut the deer up and, and uh, packed it out. And then I caped it out a day and a half later, roughly. I had him keep it on ice and then I caped it out and got it ready for him and everything. Skull capped it and removed. How's it go? Remove all brains and spinal tissue and all yep. that. All yeah. that stuff. Yep. I basically capped the skull. And then obviously once you cap the skull, if you've ever done it, there are no brains. They kind of just fall right out. And then, uh, which is different from if you skull a deer out, if you just skin the head, then you got to take like a coat hanger or something and stick it up there and you attach it to a drill and it'll just liquefy the brains. Basically, if you bend the end a little bit, you just like a mixer mm-hmm. and um, it's still tricky to get them all out. You know, like you may mm-hmm. still be susceptible to getting a ticket. I don't really know how, I mean, I would assume since they're, and I quote, trying to stop the disease. Cause I'm kind of, it's like a, not my CWD type. <laughs> um, I, I don't really know how prevalent it honestly is. I, it's my own opinion that it's uh, something that's heavily influenced by um, ranchers and cattle people. Uh, but I could be wrong. So anywho, um, nonetheless, follow the law. I mean, the law's there. Follow Correct. it. If you don't believe in it, well, you don't want to be a dick and you don't want to get a ticket because you're just wasting a game warden's time. So um, we capped it. I caped it, capped it, and then just for added measure, I threw some salt all over the skull just to dry everything out mm-hmm. and all that. So, um, so yeah, man, they, they headed home pretty happy. We'll see if Hunter comes back up. I told him he could. So he, he had some close encounters too, didn't he? Oh yeah, dude. He passed a nice yeah. buck on the last evening. Yeah. I was he, like, what uh, the hell are you doing? I'm pretty, dude? pretty sure he said, yeah. Pretty sure he sent me a clip of that buck. He's like, oh, I should have shot this buck. <laughs> <laughs> in yeah. my head i'm like yeah you probably should have. i'm pretty sure he didn't shoot it because it was morning it was hotter than hell that day and they had to go home so uh they ended up leaving after the morning hunt but i mean 
it was pretty damn warm out. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think, you know, without sounding like I'm like degrading anybody, I think he was wore out. Like that's, it's a lot to go on an out of state trip. You know, you, you had your deal and I'm sure even when you got home, you kind of relaxed a little bit and were like, Oh, you know, and now go do a DIY like public land thing where you're walking. Oh yeah. I mean, we, and to boot, mind you, I think it was two days prior when James killed that buck. He literally packed everything but the head out. Oh man. He carried the, all the quarters, loins, inner loins, neck meat, you name it. I don't know how much weight was in there, but there was a shitload of weight. Like <laughs> oh it took both it felt like an elk pack. It took me and James both holding the sides of the pack so that he could get it on. And then as soon as he got it on, I said, okay, walk and we'll catch you. Don't worry about us. Just go. And we didn't catch his ass for a long time. He had something to prove or something because he was cooking. And I kept, I was like, man, I hope he ain't dead over here with your pack of deer meat covering his ass up, you know, cause my, my pack's camo. So, or his green, I'm like, we'll never see him if his flashlights pointed down. And then finally we got, to where I figured we'd catch him. And I was like, Hey, I think I see a flashlight. up here. <laughs> Thank God. So yeah, that was a fun time. It was cool to hang out with them and listen to their deer stories and everything. Um, mm-hmm. And I was really glad that they had the luck that they did. Cause when I got the forecast right before he came up, uh, right before they came up, I checked the forecast and I was like, Hey, here it is. Here's 2020 again, dude. Like, I'm not telling you you can't come, but I am telling you that these are some seriously shitty conditions. It's been cold, and it's going to warm up 25 degrees. You're not going to like life. Mm-hmm. So, but God smiled on us. So, good deal. Good deal. So uh, now, concluders. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the only concluder I have is that we, we this whole past week has been hotter than hell for November. And we just got a cold front that came through today, essentially. Mm-hmm. So if if you guys aren't in the woods, you know, uh, definitely get out in the woods. I think actually I was looking ahead for the next week or so. So today is, what is today, the 11th? The 11th. Day? Yeah. Yeah, all the way into next week, I think the highs are supposed to be in the mid-50s. Uh, so I'm, we're, we're kind of getting into lockdown in some places, especially probably next week. But uh, I'd imagine with this colder weather, the next you know week or so should be pretty good. Oh, yeah. Um, if, if I had to say my concluder, this upcoming weekend, uh, it is not my favorite time because it's a very – you have to be disciplined to hunt this part of November. Um, I mean, if you've got untouched ground and stuff that you mm-hmm. can control, it's probably a lot different. But um, for most of us, there's been so much pressure in the past two weeks that these deer are starting to feel it. So the other thing is, is patterns are going to go to hell. Yes. So this weekend, when you've got that time or if you're off Monday or, you know, whatever, whatever days you have off, I always want to hunt 
all day, but this is the time where I don't care what the moon says or whatever, midday, 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 I can't say it enough because what's going to happen, these deer always primarily move at night, in the evenings, mornings, and night, right? So they're going to get with a doe or two or whatever. They're going to be locked down. And then once she's ready and he breeds her, they may bed down or whatever. And then just like us, they're going to relax, have some potato chips, and then get to moving. <laughs> and they're going to go looking for the next doe. And a lot of times, 9, 10, 11, 12 o'clock in the morning, it's like God flipped a switch. It'll literally appear as if the woods are empty. And then God flips the switch and there's freaking deer running everywhere or just that one single cruiser that makes your entire season that you worked so hard for starting in June, July, whenever. So don't get out of the tree stand at 10 o'clock in the morning. Don't get out at noon. Keep your ass in the stand because I can guarantee you when you get down, there's something to be said for like, uh, it's going to sound really hippie-ish, but like energy. I always notice that when I feel like I need to get down, when I need to move, guess what happens? The <laughs> damn deer is walking right to me. And I'm just like, oh, why didn't you just stay there? And I, I've had it happen so much this time of year, guys. I can't say it enough. If you have the option, stay in the stand. And obviously, you can't just sit anywhere. If you're set up in between, you know, food and bedding or around bedding, 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 um, I can't say that enough. They're going to go in there and they're going to check the downwind side. He's The young bucks are going to go in there and run all through it. Right. The old buck, he's going to be 75, 150 yards downwind of it, and he's going to parallel the wind. That's how he's going to do that. Okay, so – that's how you need to set up. So, anywho, there's my concluder. Rick, go. Good deal. Uh, my concluder, got a couple of them. One, like I said, uh, it starts Kentucky Rifle this weekend. Be safe in the woods. Look out for your fellow hunters. Um, wear your hunter orange, man. It's, you know, it when you're on public land down here or when you're on private, everybody's hunting with anything from a 243 to 30-06 to a 300 wind mag to a 7 millimeter. So just, like, be aware of, you know, the people around you. If you haven't already sighted in your gun, please, to God, go sight it in. Make sure you have it sighted in before you go out in the woods and you're out flinging lead, you know, way farther. Um, Third thing, just practical gun safety. Don't skylight deer. Make sure you know what's behind what you're aiming at. Those are huge things and help prevent hunting accidents every year. Uh, we've had, you know, we had Officer Gilkey on here said that, you know, very simple things can help save that kind of stuff. Um, one more thing, uh, if for whatever reason, because uh, I just figured it out today because I completely forgot about it. I got drawn for sand, two Sandhill Crane Tags in kentucky you have to take a test before you get the tags um what the hell are they gonna <laughs> test you on swear to I'll god bet it's, i'll bet it's how high you can shoot because those bitches fly high so no that, well, actually <laughs> la- last question you're not supposed to shoot over 40 yards at these birds hunting starts a half hour later or um starts a half hour after daylight 
Um, you have to be able to show that you know the difference between a whooping crane, a great blue heron, and a sandhill crane, and that there are different things that go along with this stuff. So um, <laughs> they've shown there's studies enough that when people don't take these tests, um, the incident rate of killing something that you're not supposed to goes way up. So that's why Kentucky instituted this test before you get this. And final thing about that. You have to take the test at the end of the survey, at the end of the season, if you plan on entering for the next season. It's a super cheap thing. It's like three bucks to do. You know, it's well worth it. And half the tags don't get filled. So I can't get King of the Hill out of my head right the, now. We Matanya. We Matanya. <laughs> Dude, um, <clears throat> I already don't want to hunt these things even more now. Not only do they fly six miles in the air, but literally I've, I've, I've seen one group of sandhill cranes that I could have killed with a 22 250. They were like 250 yards in the field on the ground for whatever reason. Yeah. But they fly so high. I'm not even joking. Normally I can't see them in Ohio and I see why. Because when I was out in Nebraska, dude, I was in the Sand Hills. So, I mean, they're incre- They're higher yeah. than anything is going to reach. So, good luck to you. And yeah, I hope you don't go to jail for poaching an endangered species. Uh, that's a federal <laughs> crime. So, yeah. me either. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go hunt some public uh, where they're, you know, where they uh, nest and that kind of stuff. So, Hopefully at some point during December, I make it down that way. But other than that, um, good luck to everybody heading into the, you know, rut, you know, it's, it's on. So like Chris said, it starts at 8 a.m. on November 8th. So (laughs) (laughs) nice, just joking, but this has been fueled by the outdoors. We've been your hosts, Rick Cates and Chris Leppert, and we've been joined by Josh Luck today. Thanks for joining us guys and gals. We hope to talk to you next time. Talk to you later. Bye. Peace. And that will do it for our podcast today. Please remember to subscribe, like, review on all major podcasting platforms. We are available on Apple, Google, TuneIn, CastBox, Spotify, and all other major podcasting platforms as always we are available for contact at the elite outdoors one at gmail.com that is the elite outdoors the number one at gmail.com thanks a lot guys talk to you next time